Hey, this is Glory Every Day, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kayla Turner. Join me each week as I talk with a friend about how God is at work in our lives for His glory. I love to tell stories, laugh, and accidentally cry often. My hope is that hearing these conversations will encourage you with fresh eyes to see how God is at work in your own life for His glory. Because whether you are cleaning a bathroom, working at your computer, or having coffee with a friend, God can be glorified in all of it. All right, we're going. Hey, welcome to Glory Every Day. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. She's Thank so excited you. already. Um, this is my friend Erin. Can you say hi? Hi. She is joining us today virtually, so the sound may be a little bit different for those of you that have listened a little bit. Um, but Erin lives in California. And she is actually my oldest friend, I think, as far as like oldest friends that I'm still in contact with. So I moved, yeah. I, I was born and raised in St. Louis and I moved to a different part of St. Louis this, the, the spring of my second grade year. So actually about the age my oldest son is. And I was telling him that the other day at the breakfast table, I was like, I moved when I was your age. It was really hard. <laughs> but anyway, oh. I remember meeting Erin that summer at Vacation Bible School at our church. And she, um, yeah, I just remember meeting her and I remember, uh, I just, she's the, actually the only person I remember from that summer or year and remember thinking like, I think we'll be friends and here we are. And there's been like, look at that, look at that. There's been ups and downs (laughs) and valleys and like, you know, elementary school, girl drama, middle school drama, high school departures and re re entering (laughs) or something into friendship and then but actually so like I think of like we were always just both around each other we went to different schools but we were in the same youth group and so we spent like so much of our lives together and like varying degrees of like depth of friendship during that course of time but I think it was one summer in college which would have been I don't know one summer in college, I was interning. Two, I or one or two summers, I interned for our children's minister at church, which involved yeah. a lot of VBS decorating. Which is, yes. do you know where I'm going with this now? So that's yeah. yeah. I know where you're going with this. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the summer that like we rekindled our our like good friendship. Like we, there was always like a comfort and like oh we know who each other are. Like we're friends. One of those like always friends deals. But we spent a lot of time together. We laughed really hard and maybe peed our pants in that room. Um, decorating for the uh, Olympic VBS upstairs room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember why there was there was that intense laughter? I remember. I remember multiple things. So I remember attempting to draw ourselves. In I didn't think that was the one you were going to say. But go ahead. <laughs> like we were like we look too bulky. So we, just, <laughs> we to, can we say this? We took up our pants in the church. In that upper room. Not we. It was one um, one person at a time. <laughs> because we were we were, yes, we were one person at a time. We were casting our shadows. Like, please let nobody open this door because <laughs> we couldn't lock it. I that is not. I don't think that's why we almost well we beat our pants. But I do remember very much like making an Olympic pose and tracing them on that paper yeah we were using the overhead projector and like to cast a big shadow so we would like freeze and then we would trace it and cut them out um i do think we probably like covered that door with paper because there was like one of those windows or something yeah um yes as i kept thinking about intro things i would say about you that is not the thing that i was (laughs) thinking about 
out. But I forgot that our clothes got in the way. (laughs) This feels so weird. I don't know. Um, But I was thinking about the um, trauma you experienced when my phone rang. Because back then, you know, like different ringtones were really cool back then. And I had birds chirping as my phone. And you have a great fear of birds. And I had forgotten that. And so there's just sudden alarm of all these birds. And like panic just ensued from you. And you were running around the room like with your head covered as though you thought there was a flock of birds in this tiny little Sunday school room. (laughs) But it was just my phone. But like I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe to like tell you that it was just my phone. And like you were so panicked. (laughs) So that is what I remember. But so that was that was what I was going to say was the. um, Yeah. Yeah. The birds. Birds tend to cause me to panic. Probably not as much anymore. But because you grew up. Be so big. (laughs) I I still don't like them a whole lot. Fair. I think I have animals I'm not a fan of. Um, But we I mean, countless sleepovers, countless like we were at every camp, mission trips. We were camp counselors together over and over again which was always fun especially when we put the kids to bed and got back up and hung out for a while and hung out yep Mm -hmm. all that that was that was the fun I remember being a kid at camp and knowing that the camp counselors did that and thought that would be so fun and then I got to do it and it was (laughs) so before we started recording we were talking about how we don't feel as old as we are and thinking about people that we remember being this age at different times in our lives Mm -hmm. so I feel like when we say that about the camp counselors were so cool, like, <laughs> did we think that about this age? Was there people that were like, oh, they're so cool? They're so cool. <laughs> I don't the, know. Probably. Look at them have kids and go to bed at nine o'clock. They're awesome. Yeah. They're so neat. They're so fun. <laughs> the thing is now I don't care. <laughs> True. Right. True. Then then it was a deal, but whatever now. Yeah. Um. So you... Went to college in Colorado. Oh, that was one of the other things I had noted about our friendship. So I was in college in Kansas City. You were in college Mm -hmm. in Colorado, and that was a pretty long drive from St. Louis. So occasionally you would break up the drive and stay, like you'd drive part of it, stay with me in Kansas City, and then Mm -hmm. go on back. So there was a couple years you did that. One year you got snowed in because I-70 was shut down. Do you remember that? Yeah. In my dorm room. Yes. Yeah. I didn't get that. Because we slept in that lofted like your lofted bunk bed and I remember thinking this is very small (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that was a different year than than I'm thinking of I forgot we did sleep in that one together so tiny (laughs) so many years so many years of coming to your dorm yeah I loved it and then you gave me your shirt so I if you don't know this about me I love green and I love the color green and when I had like I got when I got my very first car, it was green, and I named it Kermit. <laughs> because Kermit says it's not easy being green. I do love. I disagree with him though. And so Aaron had this shirt that was a Kermit the Frog shirt, and it was very cool, and I loved it. That was back like all like in like a, a t-shirt phase of my life when all t-shirts were so cool. And she had told me where she'd gotten it, and it was nowhere to be found. And like when it was actually on one of her drives from Kansas City to Colorado, she had left me this gift, and she was like, "You can't open it until I'm gone." <laughs> Because I think she knew I gave it back to her, but she was like, you, this, this shirt is more fitting for you than me. And like gave, literally gave me her shirt. (laughs) What a good friend. 
So you, you deserved it. No. It was a shirt for you. <laughs> shirt for me. I'm sad. You know, I don't, I don't have it anymore, but I also don't remember getting rid of it. Often, I feel like I remember getting rid of significant things because I'm like, oh, why did I get rid of it? And I thought about it, but I don't remember it. Getting rid of it. Magically disappeared. It did just disappear, I suppose. So you live in California now. Tell us, I've talked a lot about you and our relationship. Mm-hmm. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about you now? Um, I live in Southern California. I live um, about an hour and a half um, northeast of Los Angeles and in a small town. It's not really that small of a town um, where there's a lot of aerospace. And that's what my husband does, and that's what brought us out here. And so they um, – we're south of an Air Force base, so there's a lot of planes and lots of things going on in that realm. Um, and I have two kids um, and one more on the way. Yay! And um, yay! Um, and yeah, when are you doing it? We are uh, August 1st. Okay. Um, so here's hoping I make it by July <laughs> with my track record. Oh, so okay. We'll see. Gotcha. Um, And then you are doing homeschooling too, right? Yes. Yes. I homeschool our oldest. Okay. Try to keep our middle or our current youngest occupied, which is really the harder of the two jobs. Sure. (laughs) I understand. For sure. So I am really excited to talk with Erin today, I think for lots of reasons. One, because she is a good friend of mine and it is an excuse to um, get to talk together. We spend a, we spend time on Marco Polo, which is the app I use for mm-hmm. keeping in touch with people usually that are out of town. And so while I get to see her face a lot, it's like a recorded version, which is not 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 the worst thing, but this is even better, like seeing you face to face. So yeah. Yeah. Um, agreed. Reacting to things. So this is wonderful. And um, so... Actually, Erin originally was one of the people I wanted to talk to when I was thinking about the podcast and podcast ideas, just because there was all this stuff going on in her life that I was like, I think this is really helpful. I think these are helpful conversations because like they're big things. They Mm -hmm. say a lot about what we think about God. It says a lot about what we think about our lives and seasons and, and our perspectives of things. And I think in these scenarios specifically, like sharing our story is so helpful to other people. One, because oftentimes people relate exactly to that. And sometimes people relate to the concept of, hey, my scenario is different, but the implications are the same. I'm asking those questions about God. I'm asking those questions about myself and what is going on. And so there was all these things going on in your life back when we first started talking about all of this. And I was like, oh, and I actually like, it was the first outline I had written for a podcast kind of. And so like I had written mm-hmm. you this giant outline. Um, oh. And then we just didn't even talk about, I mean, because we actually, we were trying to get it together where we could be in person because you travel this way sometimes, but you fell ill (laughs) a few times. I did. I did. I fell ill. Fell ill. More than once. (laughs) That sounds so um, Oregon Trailish. I'm never traveling home again because I go home and I just get sick. It's like. (laughs) Just need your family to take care of you. I will definitely go home. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Um, so I actually am curious about, I'll get to that because I do want you to speak a little bit to like reading that in the midst of all those things. And then us not actually Uh talking about some of it, but before we get there, what I want to talk about today, like the title of this one is when God says no. And so 
will you kind of intro us into that, Aaron? Like this, like what we're even talking about. Like you have this, you had this thing going on and leading up to like the actual no, you were asking some questions before, because when we first started talking, like the door to which you were close, close to having your answer, we were talking in August, your door for this thing was going to be closed in November. And so it was like a, hey, what if, yeah. but God could still do something. So tell us about what yeah. I'm talking about. We, my husband and I had, um, adopt mine um, I probably wanted to adopt since I was 16 or 17 it was something that um, I found really beautiful some of the stories I'd heard um, and that desire shifted and ebbed and flowed quite a bit as I grew up um, but it was always something we had desired to do yeah. we had considered doing it before we even had biological children um, and then we had we only have surprise babies. God seems to work in our lives. Um, but we had our son. And then after um, he was probably a year and we pursued adoption while still living in the Midwest in St. Louis and got licensed. And with a small agency, we really loved and were really um, passionate about how they um did adoption. Adoption is kind of a complicated, we could talk for a long, long sure, time about sure. the complications of adoption and ethics. And um, we just really found this agency in St. Louis that we really liked. We liked how they, um, how they handled everything, the education we were given. Um, and then we continued to have that desire. And so, um, but had felt called to go to California mm -hmm. and, um, so we moved and got relicensed here in California. Um, we ended up in the middle of that having a really surprise baby, mm -hmm. um, which was uh, stretching in itself in a whole new way, being 1,500 miles away from yeah. everyone we loved and having, um, we were here for less than four weeks when we found out we were pregnant. Um, <laughs> and kind of shocked and in awe and not sure what to do. Um, so that put, we put adoption on hold for about a year mm -hmm. again um, at that point. And then so come 2021, our license um, from your original home study it, in the state of California, at least you have five years. And so our original home study was completed in St. Louis. It had been updated in California, but it was ending in November. And, Can I say uh, real quick, I just want to clarify mm -hmm. in case people aren't familiar and I don't, we don't have to go into all the details, but like when you say license, like that's not just like the, Hey, this application and go, I'm done. Like you said, there's a home study. Like there's all kinds of like applications, recommendations that have to be written. Like it is a giant process. Yes. It's there's like a lot of cost involved. It's not like a, yes. like I'm going to the DMV to get a license kind of thing. It's like a no. big long ordeal. Yes, it yeah. is pages and pages and pages of, um, us writing our story, caseworkers, um, listening to our story, asking questions, them writing our story. There's references, there's taxes and background checks yeah. and fingerprints. And it's, right. it's quite an ordeal. Um, and we had kept it up to date. We'd, we'd renewed every year, but after five years, you, we had to, we knew we would have to start over. Okay. Um, and, um, we would like to move out of California. We're just really far away from um, our families and we'd like to be closer. And 
so as that date in November of 2021 came about, we had just really felt like, okay, if the door's going to close, the door's, this door's going to at least close temporarily. Mm -hmm. We're not going to renew. We're not going to start over because of the mountains of paperwork and the cost. And if we do end up moving in 2022 or 2023, we'll start over again. (laughs) So we just really felt like, um, that would be the end, at least for a while. Um, and also to some degree looking at each other and going, okay, we don't want to shove this door open if yeah. God is if God is saying no. Right. And you know, why that might be is still a question. But um so yeah, November nineteenth came, which is actually my daughter's birthday. Um <laughs> two days after yours, yes. Yeah, two days after mine. Um and uh that was the close of our our license I guess expired at that point and we were no longer an active adoptive family yeah and so so you were starting to wrestle with things like leading up to that like knowing that and Mm -hmm. one of the things you said to me was um specifically like in regards to that you're like and it just like it stung and it stood out to me because you said well, I'm looking at the possibility of having to tell people that God said no. And like that was striking to me, I think. And I remember like I had listened to that polo from you and we had talked about it. And then I remember sharing that with my husband and I said that phrase and without skipping a beat, like he looked at me and was like, well, we know a little bit about that. And just, and I have, I've alluded to like our church plant story that like the Lord closed the door on. And I talked about that in the first episode with my friend Kelly, but like just in, in a lot of ways and not the same way as you, but like resonate on this, resonate to this like long journey that we thought the Lord was calling us to. And I think still was like, he did call us to that, but we have such a linear definition of success and like we can measure our obedience by success in human forms often and that's like not always right and so we think well if god calls us to this then he will do this and we tend to like leverage those things and sometimes think we can manipulate the system of stuff and so um yeah so when you said that like my heart broke for you and like i just sat and thought a lot and I remember thinking about um, Jehoshaphat's story in Second Chronicles, and I think I like outlined all that in the in the uh-huh, um, you did. the you the thing I'd sent you. But like just this idea that Jehoshaphat, so we see Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles twenty, and he's been leading the Israelites for a while, and they he gets this message that the Moabites and the Ammonites and the uh, Menunites are co- that are going to come attack them and they're coming to battle and we see that Jehoshaphat is scared like that he is fearful of these people that are like these big armies coming to attack them however and this is the big point of the story is that it says like he was scared but he turned his face towards God and he trusted God and he prayed and so he was fearful but chose to turn his face towards the Lord and heard all these things and so um, and then, and the Lord was responsive to him. But when Jehoshaphat prays, he says, he talks about how when the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness, there was a portion of their journey where like point from A to B was faster to go a straight line. But like the Lord took them like to, to C and then B and like around these things because he didn't want them to go through there and, um, or he didn't want them to attack them. And so like he, 
alludes to that in his prayer where he's like, we didn't attack them. We didn't, we didn't go and use any of their resources. We didn't bother them. We did exactly what you said. And he says, this is how you, this is how they repay us. Like we could have done all these things to them and then we didn't. And now they're coming to attack us. And like, that just strikes me so much because I think so often in our flawed human thinking, we take that to God a lot and we're like, but we did this. So why is this happening? Or, you know, we have this formulaic view of like again obedience and success and how we measure those things or like Mm -hmm. hey god i'm doing these things why and so you see that happen and he like he still prays and then this prophet comes in and he says you know god's going to take care of this you guys need to worship and, and pray and just and just go to the battle lines and you'll see what happens and so they do that and like they actually go to the battle lines and they just start singing praises to the lord and in the meantime like while they're singing praises those three tribes are becoming like on their way to the battle lines too and then like two of them begin to fight and then they all end up fighting and so then when the israelites get to the battle line they see that everyone is just dead already their enemies that were coming to attack them actually all attacked themselves and are dead and there were so many spoils that it took them three days to to gather all the spoils from the battle that they weren't even a part of and so like i can never get over that story because i think the fact that he's like god we we didn't even bother them back then. Like, and it actually would have in, again, in human eyes, like it would have done the Israelites a favor. They felt like to like go through their land, to like stay there. Like it was the easier way, but God was like, leave them alone. And so we sometimes think like, why didn't you move in this way? And like, that would have been easier then. But we see now a greater, bigger picture where God's like, I actually had you not do that because now what I did was bigger. Like now I get more glory because of this thing that happened. Like had you gone and attacked them and done all these things, they would not have been here at this time to be a part of this battle where they all attack each other in a ridiculous thing, right? Like they were all united in battle and then this thing breaks out and they all fight against each other. And so like, I think of that as like such a strong encouragement when we think in terms of the Lord's will and the Lord's plan being like A, B, C, D. And it's like, not that at all almost ever and so and and in this in this scenario it ends up like being this like crazy ending that nobody ever could have imagined and so yeah. we kind of talked about that so i guess i'm curious because we haven't even talked since then like how like receiving that as like hey here's here's something that happens in god's word this is this is what you're going on is going on right now with you um mm-hmm. how did that how did that feel um you know, I think, I think that story gives so much hope for, you know, and just the reminder of like God's plan looks different than mine. Mm -hmm. You know, I still have loads of questions. Sure. Yeah. A lot and loads of emotions. And, um, so we found out we were pregnant shortly after that door to adoption closed. And that was, um, planned it was discussed a little bit but like (laughs) do we want to but it was definitely not planned and um I've had that as somewhat of a distraction so I feel like I'm still walking through some of the the grieving process and the questions and um of why the door shut Mm -hmm. um and why God had us do so much yeah um you know the idea of having to tell people no I mean I am a um, I, I don't do failure. Well, Yeah. <laughs> I don't do, and this, and it's not me, you right. know, like I didn't fail, but right. that's what it feels like. Sure. And that's what telling people it, it feels like, like we did something wrong or, you know, that's what goes through my head. Sure. Like they're going to think that they're going to, 
wonder. So I and hear you. The truth s- is, like God's, God shut the door. I right. mean, there, there were choices we made very intentionally that did not maybe um, broaden our scope as much with adoption, but we had we have some pretty high ethical standards in how we choose to do things and um and we felt sure in those and mm-hmm. um but getting to the point where the door shut and looking at each other um Matt and I and looking at looking kind of up at God and going like why like mm-hmm. why did you why did you do that mm-hmm. what was the purpose of the mm-hmm the education that we gained the passion that we have as much as we've learned the desire to to do it right and to do it well because Mm -hmm. the reality is a lot of people don't you know a lot of people um don't have as much education on um like child development and just things that are good for adopted children and such and Mm -hmm. we have this pretty large scope of education and we put in a lot of time and effort and money and then God said no. And it's yeah. like, but, but yeah. you know, um, but to then remember like in the story of Jehoshaphat, like God's story looks so different and right. his faithfulness is so sure. And, and we can see that very well in our own, in our own lives. Um, like, ending up in California, um, our daughter, you know, her very surprise, <laughs> her surprise existence, mm-hmm. um, is, is such the sovereignty of the Lord yeah. and his faithfulness. And, um, so while having a lot of questions and not desiring to look at anybody and say, well, you know, we we strived at this for a long time and mm-hmm. God said, no, I believe wholeheartedly in the faithfulness of God and what he'll do mm-hmm. someday. You know, yeah. like I, I bought an ornament this Christmas that says God wastes nothing. And I'm like, wastes, you know, that's kind of yeah. was wastes nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of what I have clung to a little bit. Cause yeah. it's like, I don't know what that'll look like, especially sure. like I said, being pregnant at the moment, I'm not actively thinking about how can I be involved? How can I do right. things? I have a good, good friend who, you know, who has been in the adoption foster care world. And, you know, she's like, Aaron, I just don't think God would give you, like would put that much of a passion in your heart and train you as well as you are trained to do nothing. Now what that looks like, I don't know, (laughs) you know, five years down the line, 10 years down the line, Mm -hmm. who knows, but I like, I'd like to, that encouragement is so helpful to me to, Mm -hmm. to remind myself that, okay, God hasn't wasted it. Right. I still have questions. Right. I still don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily like it, even if I trust his faithfulness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. Like we can have those emotions and say like, Hey, not stoked about this. Like I've in like, because here's a, here's a couple things that I'm trying to keep straight as I ask you them and they come in my head, but like, because you don't like it, like, is there an element that you feel hurt? Like, is that a real emotion that resonates or no? I would say, um, I would say super frustrated, um, moments of like mad and hurt and just in kind of a, I think hurt sometimes comes 
when I watch, when I, I, I've been in the adoption community for so long and I'm watching other people succeed Mm -hmm. and not us. Um, and that was, that was somewhat of the journey the whole time. Yeah. Um, just, and again, there were a lot of circumstances and why, um, you know, a baby did not come our way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there is definite pain and hurt when I'm watching people get Mm -hmm. what I had hoped for and get what I prepared for and prayed for and sought and really felt called to. Mm -hmm. Um, and it didn't happen for us, but it happened for others. Um, right. There's definitely hurt when that happens. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that, that can be hard. I think one of the things, and I haven't fleshed this out in my head all the way yet, but so bear with me. Like when you were saying this phrase, and this was the phrase, you know, I said kept sticking out to me and you've said it a couple times, but like this idea that God said no, like I wonder how, how like, like generationally and culturally like that's a phrase for us like hundreds of years ago was that a thing maybe people said in relationship to God and the things they were called to like I wonder how much of that is ingrained in us just because like we're told yes or no about things all the time and things that we want and so I'm curious if like hey did God maybe not even say yes or no but God just called you to something and we think of things so like the end of this is yes or no and the end of this means this and we can check it off by this measurement like what if mm-hmm. sometimes God calls us to things and the language we use for it is, well, he did this or not. No, God delivered you through that season and he taught you a lot of things sure. that, your, yeah. that your friend is right. It's not going to waste. Like they won't be wasted because we are all in the mm-hmm. body of Christ and we have things to offer different people in different seasons. And like the way that the Lord like educated you through that time and has, has mm-hmm. raised you up for lots of things like you might not even like have the capacity to understand in this moment, like the role in which you will be able to serve later because you don't even know those things exist. Those needs exist or yeah. something. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely, I would, there's, um, there's a song that I listen to a lot and it's called the detour. And, uh-huh. um, well, I had especially listened to it quite a bit as the door was kind of right. shutting. Yeah. And the line is like, the detour is the road and like the idea that like it felt like there was a date you know there was a date sure so it really felt like the door was shutting but you're right like it it was a season and it taught us a lot and it will continue to and um you know we parent our biological children differently because of what we knew you know we um we have we can support and love others differently because of what we know. And it's like, so it really felt like a door shutting. Sure. But I, I agree with you. You know, it, it, you've been trained in so many areas. It's a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always that clear. Mm-hmm. It's not always that black and white that here's the line. Right. So I'm curious in like the, because it's one thing to, begin to internalize it, process it, and like make sense of it. And then it's another thing to like have to talk about it. So you were saying like even like the language of like now I have to tell people this. Like what does that like – and you said some earlier. You were like I feel – you know, I could struggle with feeling like I failed or, you know, those things. What is – what is some of the anxiety then around like sharing – the way that that is currently ending for you guys? Like what is – what are the emotions around like sharing that with people? Um, I think I 
kind of like I had said um, earlier, like I internalize it sometimes in a in a pretty, I guess, all about me yeah, <laughs> way sure, sure. of of like the pride of like it didn't happen, like mm-hmm. I I didn't hear clearly or I oh uh, yeah 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 um you know um but also like trying to then. I think I've I think I've wondered because we got pregnant very quickly afterwards. Um, I've had moments where I'm like, I want someone to realize I'm still grieving. Like, uh, yes, yeah. we're excited about this new baby, but this was like many. I mean, five legal years of the, of being licensed, but considerably more of the process mm-hmm. and whatnot of a dream of a of a hope of a desire of something we felt was like was obedient to the lord right um and just that i'm still sad yeah you know that i'm that it's still disappointing um and it's like i want i want to proclaim god's faithfulness and Mm -hmm. i will i also want to be acknowledged that that stinks you know that like to work that hard Mm-hmm. And it's not just over or fixed, right? Um, because I can biologically have this other child, and that gets complicated in the adoption world as well, because so many people adopt because they cannot biologically have babies. Sure, we have no problem biologically having mm-hmm. babies. We just felt really called to love um, a baby that needed it, yeah. um, a birth mom that. Mm-hmm makes a huge sacrifice um in the choice to place her baby for adoption yeah um and we just felt so called to do that um i'm not sure people understand that there's still the level of commitment and and grief that we feel because oh but look you're having another one anyway right well, and I imagine, too, there's a temptation, and I want to talk about this. I really love you pointing this out, like the two feelings. So if I forget to come back to that, remind me two feelings. But, like, because I think there is there is probably a high propensity of people to just look at you and be like, well, now you know why. You know, like, God closed that door because of this, yeah. you know, or just kind of like yes. want it because we, because we want things quickly tied up. We want to understand. But, again, in, like, the example of Jehoshaphat, like, that was a generation later that they saw, mm-hmm. like, the effects of the of saying yes in obedience to the Lord to travel the way that they did, and then, like, later felt like that was back backfired on them, which we see, you know, was not the case. But, like, our, your yes to this today, Erin, you know, like, can benefit your children and your children's children in mm-hmm. ways that you don't understand yeah. yet. Um, and so yeah. I love the, the pointing out of, like, that there's – both of those things because they're you know, a life to celebrate absolutely but I really like you saying like and this is where I'm really using self-control and not singing the Daniel Tiger song but um, <laughs> my husband and I talk a lot about we still do it with the kids all the time um, because I think it's helpful for us too but like there is a, a little Daniel Tiger jingle about like it's okay to feel two feelings at the same time like Yes. Yes. And so we, we sing that to our yes. kids all the time. Yes, because you're you're the singer. If you want to if you want to do it, go for it. That's okay. That's that's okay. They should look it up. They should look it up. Um, she is a really good singer though, people, by the way. So this is one of those things that I really love with like, hey, maybe you are not struggling with the same kind of like disappointment from adoption or for, you know, even all the other things 
that you can struggle with disappointment in, right? Like big things. But that that is one of those messages that transcends that is helpful to like any listener of like, hey, I can mourn and be sad that something didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And there's a difference between mourning and throwing a fit, but God still meets us in his graciousness oh, sure. in either of those things, right? Like we can actually, I'm sure plenty of times I have I have thrown a fit under the guise of mourning, but like we can we can be sad, but we can also be excited about what God's doing. And like he made us beings that can feel and and all of all of that like Jesus wept and we see in Ecclesiastes 3 like there's a time for all of those things and sometimes there's a time for both of them and so I really love that and like I think the reminder to create space for other people like I think we are good advocates for ourselves of like hey I feel both these things but we need to remember that other people when going through really hard things can have multiple feelings about all of it yeah 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 no I think that's um you know, you can feel, yeah, I mean, I just, I keep thinking about instances in my life where, where that was so true, feeling, you know, relief and feeling sadness, yeah. feeling, you know, like a hard thing, you know, whatever the situation may be, um, feeling hopeful, feeling sure in the faithfulness of the Lord, mm-hmm. feeling really sad for the moment and really confused yeah. on the details, you know, like, sure. I, but, you know, again, believing that God is ultimately worthy and mm-hmm. ultimately faithful and ultimately has a plan that I don't understand. Yeah. And being able to look in my life and see that having played out in the past and trusting that he'll play it out again mm-hmm. in ways that are just beyond what my finite brain, as creative as I like to think I am, <laughs> um, you know, as good of a plan. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty big planner. I'm a, um, I'm not wholly a type, um, because I have a creative side, but I, I, I like to think I have good ideas. Sure. (laughs) God's are different than mine, (laughs) you know, and, and sitting in that and going, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. What is something in like specifically in those five years and in that journey, what is, what is something about the character of God that you knew better because of that time? Um, I think, um, I think I learned, well, I guess personally, and then on a grander scope, Mm -hmm. kind of two different things. I think, um, on a grander, like on a grand scope, learning about children were placed for adoption, learning about how to love others well and God's heart for, um, like how God's heart for the orphan mm-hmm. or the most of the children placed in the United States aren't orphans. You know, their parents are mm-hmm. totally alive and well. Right. Um, and God's heart for, or, um, first mothers, birth mothers, birth fathers, and just seeing how. Um, I just, I guess I learned a lot from, from when I first learned about adoption, not learned about it, but it kind of stirred in my heart as a 17 year old to now a 37 year old, um, has been quite a journey to see, you know, it's what love looks like and what God's love for others look like and how we as the church can love well looks like. Mm -hmm. I think God's taught me a ton in that scope 
um, kind of the naivety or just the passion for, I want to help people yeah. to what does that really look like? I think God's taught me a lot about, um, looking at things differently mm-hmm. and, um, uh, how to love people who like there's a stigma around, mm-hmm. you know, first parents, like birth mothers and birth fathers and God's love toward them. Mm-hmm. And, um, just a lot of growth in that arena. And then, um, personal level again, like the faithfulness in his timing and in, in his, like, we thought we'd adopt really fast. Like we thought, we we thought it would happen, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because it had happened for so many people. And those are the stories you hear, you know, those are the stories Mm -hmm. that get celebrated. The, quick and it was amazing and this I mean there's some mind-blowing stories out there and they're beautiful yeah um and that wasn't ours um no our story was beautiful in different ways sure you know? absolutely um and and choosing to trust God um just that he sees what we don't and he yes. sees what's coming yes. I think that has been a big thing in just even through the adoption process like the choice to move to California was one where we knew there'd be a, a time where we weren't actively adopting because mm-hmm. we're moving and we're getting relicensed and okay. So it's on hold and then getting here and coming pregnant and um, just the shock of that. And um, you know, my daughter is without a doubt, like the biggest surprise of our life and the one of the biggest delights of my life. And mm-hmm. I can't look at her and not say, okay, God knew what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Like God's mm-hmm. ultimate all plan is like her. She is the epitome of that yeah. walking around in my house, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and just so like God's faithfulness and God's love for me, even in that, yeah. like, like it took a long time sure. to be excited about, being pregnant with her yeah um but like god's love for me and like no you need this mm-hmm. like this is my plan for you um my good plan for you right. even though it didn't feel good yeah yeah at the time sure um and so again even through all of it and through the door closing like i can see god's good plan yeah. god's good character of like, mm-hmm. I love you. Right. I want good things for you and I'm giving them to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Just so not how I anticipated or hoped. Sure. Like I thought I hoped I'd get the cool adoption story, the yeah. cool, you know, um, and there were several opportunities that almost happened and then didn't. Yeah. And it's like, there's disappointment in that, but it's sure. like God's love for me um, and desire to give me good things, mm-hmm. I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you, and this is a, this is a vulnerable question, so we can edit it out if you choose not to answer it, uh, which all the grace in the world. Um, what is your, what is your prayer 
when you are seeing those moments when other people get to adopt or when other people's plans, because I think it's not always limited to like the one thing, right? Like when other people's plans, quote unquote, succeed or something in your heart struggling mm-hmm. when you like kind of grieve that or that's hard. What is the prayer for your heart in those moments and your honesty before the Lord? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think in a, in a day to day, especially when there are people that I love, yeah. um, that I, that I want to celebrate, yeah. but I also feel that twinge yeah. of a pain. Um, I think my prayer is, is that I can love through that, like yeah. that I can still love well, mm-hmm. um, through the circumstance, through kind of that wanting and that waiting. Um, I think I've also a little less like what my prayer is in the moment, but what God's taught me through, through those moments that have come through the whole five years. And now especially is like, I would, the situation probably looks different for tons of people, but everyone at some point has something that they want really bad and God doesn't say yes. Whether that's you're single, whether that's you can't biologically have a baby and, and they may not all like you, you know, people like to weigh things as more or less or bigger or smaller, but that desire in your heart um, that you either feel called to or just have a heart for or um, whatever that wanting is so universal. Yeah. And like, I think I see that. Can I relate to the woman who can't biologically have a baby? Maybe not like they think I can, but I know what it's like to really want and to pray and to seek and to do all the things Mm -hmm. and to end up with not the result that I had hoped for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I hope that that lesson the prayer in the moment of mm-hmm. like god help me to to be able to be joyful with this person who yeah. who is going to do this how can i support them how can i love them like i think that's my prayer is like okay work through that part of me that feels that twinge right of ugh, like mm-hmm. ugh, that gut like ouch um mm-hmm. whether it's jealousy or whatever sure. um to still love well mm-hmm. through my like like pushing not pushing through ignoring that emotion right. but working to get on the other side of that emotion to yeah. love well I think it's generally my prayer sure in those moments yeah that's good I appreciate hearing that a lot because as someone who like I have recently been surprised at how my heart has struggled with certain things towards others Um, and just like a whole gamut of different scenarios that I can't figure out. And so like, I find myself praying like, God, my heart feels so ugly right now. Like, please help it. Like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want this sinful emotion to take root. I know it's not the way I'm supposed to be feeling, but I need to help. I need my, I need help with my ugly heart. But I love like Mm -hmm. the addition of that, like, so that I could love them well, because it's about me being able to love that other person and engage. And so like hearing, hearing you say that, like I was asking like, you know, for myself even like, Hey, what is, what is your prayer in that? Because I think that is helpful. Like God, I need to love these other people. And so help me figure out what's going on inside of me so that I can love them well. And what's, what's that gap there for sure. Yeah. I think I've also, and this not exactly related to adoption, but just something that in my life, um, 
and I think it falls into this, the same category, but, um, like when it comes to, in, in this case, I'm going to say friendship, although it probably could, um, it could reach other areas. Like I want to be the kind of friend to people that I wish they were to me. Yeah. And that's a, a whole nother conversation just about living far away and living in a military yeah. town where your friends leave a lot. Yeah. So you're saying we um, shouldn't do we, another theme podcast about friendship later? You got it. <laughs> we can. You may call. Um, but just like that reminder in those tiny twingy moments. Yeah. That's like, I want to love, I want to love that friend and it, not necessarily in the adoption arena or whatever, but I want to love them the way I wish they loved me. Yeah. Like I want to treat others the way I wish. Sure. And that's, that's so generic. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. But like truly to think like, I wish my friends realized my pain in yeah. this, you know, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. So to make sure to try to, to do that to others, even yeah. if it's not sure. Um, given back and the and that's another lesson I think God's been teaching me on the side but it definitely falls in line with like how can I love this person Mm -hmm. in those moments Mm -hmm. um in a way that I would want I would hope that my friend would love me in those moments because I think the inverse is so true and part of that is because like when you think of a spectrum these two are on such opposite sides but like because you also want people to celebrate with you the way you want to be like you want to celebrate with good news but there's also like hey I also need you to mourn with me right now like in those things and so like being being both of those things and being able to lay aside sometimes and I love that you said like work through like we're not just laying aside our emotions but like we actually want to pray through them and say like God help me get to the other side of it like what is what does this emotion say that I'm valuing right now more than the things of you mm-hmm. like what am I valuing that's yeah. causing me to feel this way but also like repent when we need to repent but also like what what's driving me to this yeah. what what's the root of that but like and and you said it really well when you're like through it to the other side of it because it's not like I just want to ignore this yeah. I don't want to just stuff jealousy or I don't want to stuff insecurity like I want to move through it and ask the Lord to heal and get mm-hmm. me to the other side for sure yeah that's good. yeah, yeah. that's good it's hard. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but it's <laughs> lots but of work, the, you know, getting through, you know, being refined in that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Do you have anything else you want to share that like about your story that still stands out or still feels anything that feels resolved even, or anything that feels unresolved that we've not talked about that you still want to give voice to in terms of like, Hey, God's still doing something here. I would just say, you know, like, I, I mean, I probably hit on all of it, but um, definitely still, it's still unfolding. Like, yeah. I probably would have spent a lot of time in, you know, I would have looked at Matt and said, I'm going to take my journal and, you know, Spotify and go to a park or a hotel room and really work through some of this. And that hasn't been reality because pregnancy came and then holidays came and so it's a it's a it's I'm still working through a lot um but you know it it remains to be seen what comes of all of it but God is faithful so I I, we've probably hit on all that so just cut that whole thing out (laughs) um I am really excited though because I know that 
because I know that the Lord was accomplishing things in you and the things that you're able to name and say, hey, we learned this, like those things were great and I'm a better parent because of it. And if that's the thing, then praise God, Mm -hmm. you know, but I do truly believe that like whether it's, you know, being being a a um, support to lots of other people walking through this process or something still mm-hmm. incredible that we don't even like have handlebars to even think of the scenario right of what god is yeah. going to do and can do so um believing all those things for you and i'm so thankful for you sharing this and you know being willing to to tell your story of of what feels really hard but trusting and knowing that god is good and all of it and that is what and and also like i will vouch for for you to all of the people that are listening and say that like there are a lot of people that can just say those things because they know that it might be the right or biblical thing to say but like the reason I'm talking to Erin about it is because I know she believes it you know that that she's not just saying hey God's good because I just have to believe it like and some because there are times when we have to choose we have to choose that like maybe we don't feel it and she's maybe even had times like that in this so I don't want to not I don't want to put words in her mouth but I know and trust in these moments that she's saying like I trust I trust these things like God is good he is working things out and it's still really hard and so I appreciate all of your honesty in that thank you thank you and you know we believe so much that I mean I I don't always think about it in the day day to day it's not part of our day-to-day conversation but you know there are we have sat down and said okay what is next what does that look like what is you know probably nothing while we live in California but you know when we move what's that look like do we pursue this or that or are we do we pursue support roles do we pursue you know and I I have hope and um that God will continue to unfold this plan that I do not understand yeah yeah absolutely I have hope for that too uh, before we go, I am going to ask you mm-hmm. my favorite ending question, and it is, okay. God is glorified in our laughter. Like, we know that. We see that in Scripture, that he is glorified. And so I want to know what has made you laugh the hardest most recently. Oh, okay. I think of the hardest. Um, I feel like my kids just make me laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't – not necessarily in, like, a laughing, you know cr- – you know laughing till you cry kind of laughter that probably has more to do with like I could think back to like playing stupid games at New Year's with my family you know where you you laugh so hard you cry but I think um my kids just make me laugh every day I mean Lottie will be a funny funny human like Mm -hmm. (laughs) she likes to tell stories she has big ideas um she, she probably reminds me a lot of you, Kayla. She has a big person. She has a very big personality and big ideas. And um, likes to tell stories and likes to um, sing and dance and all the things. Um, she's given me a run for my money in some areas of our life. But um, I think, I don't I don't know if I have a good, a good story, um, but... She like both my kids just make me laugh a lot. Good. They're just fun, and I'm home with them all day, and <laughs> um, uh, they bring a lot of laughter to um, to our life. Good, good. I'm glad for that. I'm glad you are laughing hard every day. It's good for good for the soul. I can remember my dad saying one time. I I struggled a lot with worry as a kid, but I can remember him talking about like laughter being medicinal. Um, 
And there was one uh-huh. day I had been so worried. Yeah, my mom would say that. Did she really? Yeah. I, for some reason, like I went through another stint. Like I had, I went through a phase where I like really, really struggled with a lot of anxiety and worry. And then it was like a lot better for a long time. And for some reason I was having a little spurt of like some hard time after that. And I can remember my dad telling me like just, and not that he was, he wasn't being callous at all, like just laugh, but he was talking about laughter being good and medicinal and whatever. And for some reason, then like the next day, I remember being on the swings at recess with my friends and we were just swinging and having so much fun that we were laughing so hard. And I was like this, like in like, like a fourth grade, third or fourth grade kind of mind. Like I was like, this is what he's talking about. I feel like I'm drinking chicken noodle soup right now. I'm laughing so hard and I feel great. (laughs) Chicken noodle soup and laughter. laughter, Medicinal. Those are the things that he always said are medicinal. So to this day. Those, those will make you better. <laughs> yep. But anyway. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for talking to me. It was such a joy. Loved seeing your face and talking for real and not recorded versions. <laughs> yes, thank you. I agree. I agree. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us today. I love that I'm able to invite friends on that I've had for a really long time because of our mutual faith in Jesus and how we have grown over the years and that we share that value and that we share so much of our stories because of what the Lord has done in our lives. I hope that you were encouraged today. I know that I am deeply encouraged because when Aaron and I recorded this conversation about the way that the Lord can sometimes say no to things that we think that he should say yes or that we have different opinions on, um, even from the time we recorded it, it means something so much different to me in this moment, in this current season that I'm in today. And so um, I just hope that that we can rest in the truth of who God is and that you are encouraged in that and that he is working out his plan and his story for his good and his glory. Thanks for listening.